0: Uh, get your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. Um, say, uh, we are grateful to be able to be back here today. Um, some ask, Well, why didn't you tell us you were going to be gone? Surprise! Uh, y'all know why I don't tell you when I'm going to be gone. Half of you go find other things to do. I'm just kidding. Y'all want to do I did get scolded one time. You didn't tell us you were going to be gone from the church. I said, I didn't, intentionally. She, the lady said, well, uh, if you'd have told us, we had other things we would have done. I said, now you know why I didn't tell you. So, anyway, uh, we were uh, able to go last week back to Whitton Town, which is a little church right outside of Ripley, uh, where I first pastored. And. Got to see some of the folks that uh, we were uh, we worked with years ago. And uh, got to see a young lady. She was in our youth group when uh, when I was the pastor there. Uh, 28 years old right now. Uh, came to Christ last Sunday. And so what an exciting time to be back. And I know some of you have already seen the picture. I wore a towel last Sunday. I just want you to know. I brought. A tie to church today, and forgot to put it on. <laughs> Man, anyway, I love y'all. I love that we can laugh together. Um, Cause y'all, sometimes we need to laugh. Uh, sometimes we need to we need to learn to uh, to laugh about some things because sometimes life can be heavy, right? Uh, life has been heavy this week, um, in our community, um, with with everything that's gone on, and, and so this morning, I just want to share with you for a little bit on trusting God in tough times. You know, I, I remember, uh, this has been used several times lately, but I remember when September the 11th happened, that there was a real sense of desperation in our nation. Um, I remember I was getting ready to go to work on the day it happened, and I Sat in front of the TV as long as I could because I wanted to know more. I wanted to know who, what, when, where, why, and how. I wanted to. I wanted to know all the details I could because I was. Uh, I was concerned. And 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 what happened that following Sunday was that people flocked to our churches with the same concern. There was there was this desire for an answer. And I think what you find this week, and, and, and I know in my own life, in and many others I've talked to, that this week, in light of everything that's happened in our community, um, and and that goes, I've learned it goes even further back than just this week, but in light of everything, there's a desire for some sense of answer. Now, what do we do? How do we respond? What is the best way to to go about? And, And as I think about everything, look, Tuesday with the school bus tragedy. Um, Thursday, many of you were were shaken by the news uh, of the tragedy from the Kate family. Uh, we've seen in the news her, the hurricane that has decimated Haiti and done so much damage along the eastern seaboard. There, there's so much going on, and, and I give you a few preliminary thoughts. I actually several times this week uh, I spoke into my phone, and I had planned on posting something to social media, and then I thought, nah I want to, I'll save this, but just a few thoughts personally uh, that, that have gone through my mind this week before we get into the text of Scripture is this, time is not ours to know. Time is not ours to know. Scripture says that life is a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Folks, we need to come to grips with the reality that, Time is a precious commodity that we may think, uh, with with young people there's this sense that we are invincible. Um, We start to age and we begin to see parts fail and need to be replaced and all of a sudden we don't feel so invincible. But we take take for granted so often the time God has given us. Y'all, time is not ours to know. No, but the second thought I had this week is this life can get out of control so quickly. Life can get out of control so quickly. And and we have to recognize that 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 when we read the scripture, we understand how big and how great our God is and how our God is in control. He does not command us to control everything tells us to give it under His control. Y'all life can get out of control it's so quickly. shared with the Sunday school class this morning the, the thought that just really went through my brain Tuesday night and, and Wednesday was was this. Tuesday morning I got up like most of you did and went about our days as normal. Just a normal day. May have been a busy day, may have been unusually busy, but we went about our routine on Tuesday. So did the Braxton family when they got up. They went about their day, and in an instant, everything changed. Think about that. Beyond their control, beyond our control, in an instant, everything can change. And my third thought is this it could have been any one of us. It could have been any one of our children. It could have been any one of us behind the wheel. It could have been any one of us. But for the grace of God. The Apostle Paul says but for the grace of God. I am what I am. what What he means by that is this. The grace of God in our lives is part of that plan God has for us. Part of that journey that you and I take. It's the grace of God that it wasn't any one of us, but it's also the grace of God that will carry this family through. So we have this beautiful gift called God's grace. I know those three thoughts of mine are probably not very encouraging, but isn't it good to know that in light of God's word, you and I can be encouraged as we face these difficult times. James chapter 1, verse number 1. James writes, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And to call you to a time of prayer. First thing I would say to you this morning, based on what James teaches, is this. Choose joy. Choose joy. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So we could go through all the trials that, that these folks would, would be experiencing during this time. Uh, we've talked about many of those in Sunday school. Uh, going through First Peter, because they were facing a similar culture similar tests, similar trials, similar things going on. But what James is getting to is this, when you face the trials of life, whatever they look like, whatever they look like, we can look for God's handiwork with hope in the midst of the storm. Whatever the trial looks like, however big it may seem, however small it may seem, you and I can choose joy. We can choose joy when we begin to look for God's handiwork and God's hope in the life or in the, in the middle of everything going on. And how are we going to do that? Let me give you three requirements for choosing joy. Number one is this. Change of focus. If we're going to choose joy in the middle of a circumstance then we cannot stare at the circumstance, we must change the focus of our lives. Turn your eyes upon joy. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of God's glory and grace. We're going to choose joy in the face of circumstances. We've got to change our focus. We cannot fail all the bad. We've got to stare to the Lord. We've got to focus on the Lord for He is good and He is great. Count it all joy. That is a command that we're given. It's a a command. So we we change our focus. We don't get bogged down in everything going on around us. But we focus on Him. We make a choice of our attitude. We make a choice of our attitude. Now look, we are uh, we are Spiritual people, if, listen, if you're in Christ, you should be a spiritual person. If you are apart from Christ today, the Bible says you are dead in spirit. You are dead. And so when, when you, as a spiritual person, begin to look to the Lord, we can choose, we, we ought to choose to have an attitude, a, an attitude that makes us better in the way we approach things. Our natural man looks at the negative. Our natural man uh, just gets bogged down in in all of the the details of this world. But when we change our focus as God's people, we make a choice of attitude. I don't want to become bitter in my circumstances. I want to become better because of them. I want it. I want to take this circumstance. I want to take this tragedy. I want it to make me stronger. I want it to make me. Better, I want it to make me more like Jesus. We choose our attitude. Choose joy. Choose joy. And so allow the circumstances to to make you better as you draw nearer to the Lord. Third thing, third requirement is this, a a choice or choose to surrender. How many of you are good at surrendering? Here I am. Just take me. Do whatever you want with me. Here's my life. Use me. Most of us have our own plans. We have our own ideas. We have our own ways. And, 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 and often those things don't include uh, surrender. So we have to make this choice to surrender ourselves before. And that is, God, I am not in control of anything. And sometimes weeks like this, times like this, makes us realize... How very little control that we have. And in light of that, this is the perfect time, the perfect time to surrender our control, our lives to the Lord. Lord, I'm not in control, so I yield my life to you. Our Sunday school lesson this morning from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Peter begins that verse, that memory verse that we have. by say, uh, set apart. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Sanctify, set apart Jesus Christ as Lord. And what that means is surrender to that truth: Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord, then the choice, the change of focus, is. It may not be easy, but it's definite in our lives. We're doing that. The choice of attitude is settled. I, Lord, you are Lord over this situation, over that situation. Lord, you are Lord over me. And so therefore, I want this to make me better as you draw me near to you. You see, we, we choose surrender. Peter writes that, that surrender with, with an urgency. Surrender today. Today, sanctify Jesus as the Lord of your lives. Okay? You, you make that decision here and now. Yes, Jesus, You are Lord, and I yield my life to You. So we we choose joy. In the face of circumstances, in the face of tough times, we choose joy. Uh, The second thing I would say to you is this, that we must recognize. We must recognize that God is in control. Verse number 4 there. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We must recognize God is in control, and He is working all things according to His purpose and for our good. What is God's purpose for you? What is God's purpose for you? He says here, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, let's understand that word perfect means mature. Okay? It's not that you don't have any blemishes in your skin, or it's not that your hair is perfect every day. It's not that you wear the right clothes, or that you never, uh, you never say something you shouldn't. It means that you are growing in your walk with the Lord, that you are coming to that place where you are perfect and complete. Scripture talks about the completion being that day in which we are presented before the Lord, In glory, that that we will be presented before Him, hopefully mature, perfect, complete in Him. Until that day, you and I are in this process called growth. And so we recognize God is in control, and that He is working things for our good, according to His will. Then we recognize that all of these events in life are, are bound up in our journey, and they're part of God's handiwork, making us what He wants us to be. Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-eight is is a, a verse that we we reference often uh, in in difficult situations. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Verse twenty-nine says, this, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many." Brethren, what, what is the purpose mentioned there? That you and I be more, we, that we be conformed to the image of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If He is the potter, you and I are the clay. He molds us and makes us in His own way. And as we go through life and we encounter this event or that, it's part of God molding. It's part of Him shaping us. It's part of Him maybe trimming some things off of us. It's part of Him transforming us into the image of His Son. Y'all, I'm not there yet. I've got a long way to go. We all do. But in times like these, it's times we recognize and we draw near to Him for His shaping. How are we going to see God's purposes fulfilled in our lives? We seek Him. Uh, we, we, will, we will fulfill God's purposes when we seek Him, knowing that He is the answer. He has the answer and He is the answer. Okay? What's the answer to your question? I don't know what you're asking, but I know Jesus is the answer. I don't know what all the, the depths, mining the depths of your thoughts are, but I can tell you that when we begin with Jesus, we can find the answer He has in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our storm. We uh, we, we see His purposes fulfilled when we serve Him, knowing that we are His hands and feet. That is, that we are tangible or seeable demonstrations of His power, of His glory, uh, of Jesus into the world. And this is where we are today. Many of us are right there today. That, that's where we have to be today. That, that that some some of these situations, they have not impacted us uh, as closely as we are. So we look for opportunities to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. That is to offer hope. To, to pray with. And what happens when when things hit Facebook? Oh things hit Facebook there's this theory and that theory and this ought to happen and that ought to happen and all of a sudden there's all this condemnation that's out there we are not to be part of the condemnation and the gossip you and I as believers, as followers of Christ must begin with a place of offering hope and light into difficult situations we can share the gospel. We can pray. We need to offer hope in life. We uh, have opportunities to partner with others, partner with other believers uh, to, to bring that hope in life. We have opportunities to partner with, with others outside. Look, I, I'm excited when, uh, when Ms. Smith called me on Thursday and asked, uh, if we would host the family this afternoon. After the funeral service, we're going to host a meal in our fellowship hall. Uh, as far as I know, that family has no connection to the church. But can I tell you, our church better have a connection to the community. And I was honored. I was honored. Miss Brenda can tell you, I told her in tears, that when we were offered an opportunity to partner with the elementary school to to give hope, a little bit of hope, and life to this family, my heart Clothed with joy. Because it's an opportunity to be Jesus to a family. It's an opportunity to show them the love of Christ. I'm excited about that opportunity as well. We are to serve Him. If we're going to see His purpose fulfilled, then we must not back away. We must look to serve. uh, We'll see His purpose fulfilled in our lives, in in, in the process, in the issues, and the circumstances when He shines His light in the situation. There is no telling what all will come out of what all, what's gone on this week. Those things that will happen throughout the next few days and weeks and months are, will be things that testify to the goodness of the Lord um, for, for days and weeks to come. And, and we must look for His hand in those kind, of, I want to tell you one. We heard, we heard in Sunday school this morning. I heard it, actually heard it yesterday, um, at the band competition on Friday night after the football game. Many of you know that Marvel, um made extended, graciously extended uh, to to the North Pontiac schools. So they took up a, uh, they took up money as people were coming in. They gave the money. I don't know how much, but they they were gracious in extending. Um, themselves to, to give to that family, and, and I know some of you, on the top, y'all, y'all, your graces, the prayers, and everything y'all have done has been has been awesome. Um, but after the football game on Friday night, the two teams came together at midfield, and I don't know what was said. I wasn't there, but I heard the report yesterday that uh, that after uh, late on Friday night, Morville's football coach called Coach Sutton. And informed him that several of his football players came to Christ in the midst of the circumstances. What an incredible picture of how God can work His glory in the midst of our circumstances when He is lifted high. So you see, we, we'll we see Him Only look for Him in the midst of our circumstances. But We we choose joy, we recognize God's control. The last thing I would say to you is this, we pray. We pray. He says here, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. How many of you have ever gone into a situation and you say, I don't know what to say? I don't know what to do. Anybody? I have. Some of you go into situations you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do, but you just say something. Not always the best. Sometimes our presence is way more important than what we say. Wendy and I learned this years ago. um, When uh, people started calling us and saying, Hey, you know what? God is in control. Or God God knows best. That's my favorite one. But in times of tragedy, don't pull out your cliché box. Just give your presence. Give your presence more than anything. Pray. Just if any, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, what are you talking about? He's talking about prayer. We don't know all that we can do. We don't know all that we should do. So what do we do? We pray. We pray today in light of these situations. When you don't know what to do, pray. Pray for all those involved. Pray for those families that are hurting you. Pray for those families that have suffered loss. Pray for that bus driver. Pray for that bus driver whose world was turned upside down Tuesday afternoon. Pray for those children on the bus that witnessed everything. Pray for those classmates that have lost. One of their own. Folks, better pray for that driver. better pray that God's grace and goodness will be seen in our lives to the driver in the midst of this. Doesn't matter what our opinions are. Doesn't matter what we've heard. What matters is this. As God's people, we're called to pray. We're called to give God's grace. We must begin in prayer We pray for our response Pray for all those involved Pray for our response Pray that your response will lift high Christ Pray that our response will lift high Christ Pray that every opportunity that we are afforded Will lift high The, the, the good news, the name Of Jesus Christ And we pray that God's glory will be seen And that God's will will be done In all these things How are you going to get through your storm. Say I'm not connected to any of that. I, I live in the community but but I'm really not connected to that. Well in every life storms come. Maybe you're in the midst of that storm now. You know you've heard me say, you've probably read before, you're either in the middle of a storm, you've just come out of a storm, or you're about to go into one. How are you gonna how are you gonna live through it? You gotta trust God in tough times. Choose joy. Choose joy in following Jesus. You recognize that although you're not in control, we serve a God who is. And the third is that we pray. Pray. And I want to invite you to do that this morning. Um, I want to invite you to pray. First of all, listen. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, the first place to begin is this. Fall on your face, repent of your sins, and trust Jesus. Long before you were ever born, God knew your greatest need was the forgiveness of sin and salvation. And in His plan, He sent His Son to die for you. He died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. And this is what He says. He says, if you'll trust Me, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you call out to Him today? God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, I know I failed you. I have rebelled against you, and today I believe you can and will forgive me because of what Jesus Christ has done. Will you call out to him today and say, God, please forgive me? Cleanse me. And give me eternal life. Maybe. You need to do that. Maybe this morning you've been heartbroken this week over all that's gone on. We give you an opportunity to seek the Lord for you, for your response, for all those involved. I want to ask you, invite you, urge you to come and pray. Let's bow together, Todd, you've come. Father, this morning. We need you. Our community needs you. Our families need you. Father, we come before you this morning to seek your face, to pray for all of those involved. We come, to pray for the response that we are to have and the opportunities you give we ask You, Lord, to continue to show Your glory. Continue to show Your graciousness through upholding this family. I pray for the salvation of souls. I pray, Lord, that today we would would see people come to You. Lord, I pray that in this invitation time, decisions in this room that need to be made would be made you give us boldness to step up and step out. Declare publicly our faith, decision, and following.